0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. And to all my listeners and repeat listeners, if you were tuning in yesterday, I dropped an episode last night, which was part one of a two-part episode that had everything to do about the whole UFO situation going on. And I had a guest on yesterday, his name was Nick. I didn't drop last names for confidential reasons and due to jobs and the whole cancel culture thing, which is a very real deal. But my friend Nick is a very educated person. And me and him took time, in basically in an hour episode, to cover aspects of the whole UFO thing going on. That it was distractions and so on and so forth. And I came up with a theory that I dropped on my podcast yesterday that possibly the government doesn't like now that we're too focused on UFOs, or now called UAPs, so that maybe they're using everything going on in the news between chemicals and the avian flu with the egg you know shortage of the egg shortage that they might be trying to flip-flop people's presumptions about UFOs and trying to get them from being believers now to non-believers which if you go on social media and look at the UFO reports that are online especially for major news outlets the comments are predominantly UFOs aren't real these are balloons everyone is going crazy for no reason So it's in a reverse effect of what happened in 2020 during the pandemic when they did in fact admit that UFOs are real. So me and Nick were talking about a lot of things yesterday. I dropped that theory and I wanted today to go into a part two and talk to someone who has a lot of knowledge in the UFO field. And he was on an episode in season one which was titled Mysterious Construction. My friend Joey, not the one who wrote the music for my show, my other friend Joey was on that episode with me and we spoke about Puma Punku and the Pyramids of Giza and a whole lot of other things. This Joey, my friend, is a person that put me onto the Ancient Alien show and got me hooked on that show, and he is like a sponge when it comes to information, especially in the aspect of aliens and paranormal. And there'd be no other person I'd rather talk to about getting into the conversation we're gonna have tonight tonight than my friend Joey. We're going to cover a lot of stuff, like Project Bluebeam, and how UFOs are actually a real deal. There's countless UFO sightings throughout the United States, and we're going to go into the idea that UFOs are in fact real. We're not going to try to repeat too much of yesterday's episode with Nick, where we covered the business aspect of social media. And the distraction aspect and a couple of other subjects we touched on. We're going to try to stay focused on UFOs and aliens because that's what the the hot commodity right now. And try to debunk the theory that these things are fake. Especially with a lot of news coming out where now recently I saw a post that Joe Biden in the White House we may never know from them what was shot down. Which is pretty crazy because we are going on days later where we launched two or three or four missiles presumed at the price of four hundred to $500,000 per missile, which one missed, but we did in fact shoot things out of the sky and we have yet to go and locate them and find out what they are, which in my eyes is very suspect. So, and the only news that I got for you in my news segment is the fact that in the New York Post, they made a report that it the headline on social media for this New York Post um, news headline was, We May Not Be Alone in the Universe. And this was on social media, on Facebook actually, that I came across this, and this was today. And it was early in the morning, and it says, Astronauts and astronomers detect eight suspicious radio signals from outer space. And this is something that on the episode last night, me and Nick touched on during the episode. So there is still a lot of alien and UFO news being brought out there and being put on the news. And tonight, myself and Joey are going to try to cover it as lot as possible, or as much as possible, rather. And we're going to get into subjects like Pro- Project Blue Beam, Bob Lazar, talking a little bit maybe about Jeremy Corbel, and other UFO enthusiasts, and try to cover Is UFOs and aliens actually real? What the hell is going on with trying to deter people into thinking they're fake? And try to just get to the bottom and carry on a good conversation about aliens and UFOs. So momentarily, I will dial Joey in. So I hope everybody enjoys the episode. But for now, I'm going to dial Joey in and sit back and enjoy the UFO talk. Hey, everybody. I would like to welcome to the podcast, Joey. Welcome back, buddy. It's been a long time.
1: Billy, thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad to be back.
0: <clears throat> uh, last episode, I was telling people uh, before I phoned you in, um, you were on the uh, Mysterious Construction episode all well, the way back in season one. And uh, it's been literally like a season and a half since you've been back on. But I'm glad to have you on because I was telling everybody, this is a subject you are a ace in the hole at.
1: <laughs> I do. I do like my, uh, conspiracy, especially uh ufology conspiracy. So, uh, uh, it's something I've always been interested in since, uh, since I was young, since we were young, we talked about it, you know, way back, uh, <clears throat> going back to like high school days now, uh, touching back to, uh, uh, drawing a blank here, touching back to, uh, when I, when I really first heard about, uh, UFOs and uh, all these conspiracies was when I really started to uh, get into, the, I think the show Roswell had come back out and probably in like the early 2000s. And uh, when I really started to understand what was going on during Roswell and um, it really opened up my eyes to the possibility of, uh, you know,
0: extraterrestrial life and all that. Yeah, I was uh, mentioning real quick before I, I phoned you in that uh, you were the one that put me on to Ancient Aliens, that show. And um, I remember you coming into the gym one day and you were like, Billy, you got to watch the show. It's like, it's all about the stuff you like. And I tuned, I turned it on one day and I I went to town and season one, just it won me over. So thanks to you, I became uh, an ancient alien uh, follower of that show. And it's just awesome
1: show to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a good show. They definitely make some really good credible points. And now uh, with the Graham Hancock stuff that came out on Netflix, uh, I think it just adds more, you know, validity and credence to, you know, uh, what ancient aliens has been talking about all these years. Um, I, some of the episodes, trust me, are they're they're far fetched and they're out there and they're reaching cause they're trying to, you know, make content and continue the show. Um, <clears throat> cause you can only, you know, beat a dead horse so many times talking about the same stuff, but, um, it, it definitely needs to be paid attention to. And, uh, there is a, a big chunk of, of history missing from there. Yeah. And, um, there's
0: something I've mentioned, uh, Yes. Uh, yesterday we mentioned the uh, business and, you know, social media being a business. And of course, you know, ancient aliens, essentially that show is it's a business. It's on a, it's on a TV platform like discovery Plus And you know, it, what happens is, is they got to just keep on making money. So they're going to keep putting things out there. So that's, that's that aspect of it. And um, the civilization part, like you said, what was it uh, ancient civilizations or ancient apocalypse on Netflix with uh, Graham Hancock. Mm-hmm. The, um, I did an episode recent with um about Neil deGrasse, and it was about him, essentially, he's this really intelligent person, he's one of the most intelligent people that that I've watched videos on, and um, it's amazing to me, is what I did the episode on, is that he's a non-believer in extraterrestrials, and in the last couple of days, I actually aired a clip of him with all this UFO and balloon stuff going on that he basically confirmed everything I said in that episode is he's just a non-believer in it. He's been on multiple podcasts, Joe Rogan and other people, and he doesn't believe. So part of the reason I had you come on here is a lot of the controversy going on now with all the stuff with the, between the chemicals leaking out of trains and all the other conspiracies we got going on, everybody's flip-flopping to, again, going back to not believing in UFOs and aliens. And that's why I brought you on board to go in-depth a little bit um, within our hour time limit, that um, how much has really been out there so far to kind of disprove the non-believers?
1: Right. Uh, I think Neil he he comes with heavy skepticism. He's a he's a theoretical physicist, I believe. So, uh, in terms of like the ufology community, I don't think he's as educated as guys who are devoting their life, like a Jeremy Corbell, and you know, there's there's so many other big names in the ufology community, Billy and, Carson, and, Carson, and yeah, right. Um, People really devote their lives to to reading all the pages of of, uh, Project Blue Book and and all the declassified files that have come out that still some of the sightings aren't, you know, explained or easily explained. Uh, One of the more famous ones, which wasn't in Project Blue Book, the Navy just uh, released some footage of uh, the famous tic-tac-toe UFO incident. I believe the pilot came out now and was recently interviewed on Joe Rogan's podcast. So it's it's really hard to... uh, To be a skeptic in the face of all this new information these days um i i feel i feel like neil's a guy who needs concrete solid evidence he he wants to see you know like a mass invasion before he's like okay aliens are real uh you proved me wrong um but i think there's a lot of naivety to believe that we're the only be uh, intelligent beings in our galaxy i mean you think of our galaxy alone has 100 billion stars, and each of those stars has one to five planets, they say. So we're around the 400 billion planet mark in our galaxy. So out of 400 billion planets, for me personally, I find it really hard to believe that we're the only spark of intelligent life. Uh, You know, there's definitely life in the universe, whether it be micro... um, whether it be like germs or whatnot, you know, microbiotic life, but uh, microorganisms, uh, and microorganisms, game, yeah. and things of things of that nature. Um, uh, I I definitely don't believe we are the only intelligent beings in the in the universe. I I always reiterate that in episodes that I
0: do, and um, I always say that that same line that the universe and space is so vast that we can't be the only people living in the entire you know infinite space it's just it's scary to think that and it's just kind of like you know a, a stupid statement to make you know it's which it's just infinite there's got to be other things right. um i have a friend he t- he uh he seesaws back and forth on believing in aliens and ufo's and he's very religious and he swears up and down that you know i tell him about the pyramids and we talk about that and he goes he goes to the this this giant thing it's going to be an episode coming up this this giant everybody's on this giant bandwagon now, like, you know, the Nephilim. And and he was like, you know, when God did, did the flood, the, um, you know, there were survivors of, of the flood and those were the giants and the, the, and the fallen angels. And, you know, if the giants were real, they helped rebuild the civilization after the flood. It wasn't aliens. It was the giants. And, you know, he's really using the Bible as an aspect and he's right, basically right. saying that, you know, aliens are, are religious you know they're religious beings that's what he's trying to say and it's like you talk to different people and they will give they will throw out there everything under the sun except for it being anything else out of this world you know what i mean right it's just multiple stories multiple excuses and you have people that just straight up don't believe which to me is mind-blowing but everybody's entitled to their opinion.
1: Right, I mean, I have a healthy skepticism. I'm not the first to be like, "Oh, it's UFOs right away." You know, at first I thought, you know, the whole recent shooting down of all these unidentified flying objects in the United States. I, I, my initial assumption was, all right, this could be, you know, uh, the the preemptive strikes of war with China. Maybe they're sending drones and we're shooting their drones out of the sky. Um, Come to find out, a week later. Now they're giving us the story that there's a, these are commercial balloons, you know, uh, or, or recreational balloons. What I what um, I read, not to cut you off. What I read yesterday and
0: actually put it on the part one of this episode, um, of this two part episode was the White House released the statement that they are used car lot balloons.
1: Right. That that, that I don't buy. But
0: yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. A used car. The spinning spirally. You know those those balloons that look like they have arms and crazy hair. Those are what's right. flying around out there, doing you know Mach seven and making erratic movements
1: in, in 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 the sky. Yeah, come on. Right, and and obviously there's a lot of like conjecture and, and misinformation. The pilots are giving different descriptions, and we're getting different stories from, you know, different officials. So it's like, who are you inclined to believe? You know, for, for me, a lot of the times I hear, especially the, when I go back to, you know, the Tic Tac story and, and and how that I think it was like 60,000 feet up. And they said within a second, it dropped to 20,000 feet a second. Now, if you think about the vast distance between 60 and 20,000 that it has to go for it to travel that quickly. And like these pilots witness that with their own eyes. So people people uh, don't understand
0: the the magnitude of the pentagon and during covid you know releasing that you know releasing that ufos were real but not only that releasing that video because the just just we're, we're like i would say we're average people we have a little bit above average in this particular subject but for a object a flying object to drop from sixty thousand feet to maybe essentially ten thousand feet in less than a second,
1: drones can't do that. Drone, no, no. We, no, we have it, the, the technology doesn't exist or it shouldn't exist, right? right? That's that's one thing. Like we're, if it's ours, how did we achieve this technology so fast? And we're talking about something that has some type of anti gravity propulsion system, exactly. Um, and now to to
0: go off that, it, it drops from that that altitude from sixty thousand to you know ten to five thousand feet, whatever. And if it was a piloted
1: ship or aircraft, that type of G force would would kill someone. Exactly what whatever's in there piloting it is gone. Is dead. Right. My my assumption is the majority of these UFOs um, that are making these maneuvers, either if there is if there are beings in them, which I doubt, because if you're an intelligent race, you'd send reconnaissance drones. You wouldn't send, you know. You, you wouldn't send people or or you wouldn't put yourself in that situation or, or anybody in that situation if you're an intelligent spacefaring race to, to be put in harm's way and possibly shot down by you know the terrestrial um, beings of the planet so we're, we're more likely looking at drones from another civilization some of them and and for sure some of them are balloons uh, but we can't when guys like Neil get on the la- Get on television, on national television, trying to you know make jokes and make light of ev- every instance about UFOs. It it takes away from the validity, and, and it's kind of a slap in the face to to some of uh, the highly intellectual pilots and you know naval intelligence officers that are divulging information to the American public. Um. And. It's just it's it's to 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 make it more playful and so people don't panic. And I get it. You know, you want to keep this. Uh, maybe he's part of a disinformation campaign to keep the secret that, you know, maybe we aren't ready as a collective to to know that we're not alone in the universe. You know, it's a big thing to know that we're not the apex predator of of our galaxy anymore. You know, I, I, I feel strongly on that. I, I touched on something with
0: my um, guest from last night from part one. Um, his name was Nick. And um, I, I told him, and I guess I'll repeat it, the a theory that I came up with is that we weren't maybe ready for that information that they gave us during COVID, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. that UFOs are real. And I think what's happened from 2020 to now, which is you know exactly three years, is that we are really diving in and researching the whole UAP UFO thing. And there's more videos coming out, and the UFO spike sightings spiked up in 2020. And I feel that, and this is just a theory, and I, I personally haven't heard this elsewhere yet, so I'm not saying I'm the first to come up with this, but I do feel that they are using today's major events, which are major, and we're not going to really get into that because I've covered it pretty much a lot in the last right. couple. Of, but I feel like they are using today's events that are going on, and they know that the, that people are going to say, if we report that we shot down four UAPs in the last week and change, people are going to say that it is not UFOs. We're shooting down balloons because what came first, the Chinese balloon. And then days later we're shooting down UFOs. So they know that the people are going to say, these are balloons. These aren't UFOs and every, and then you're going to get that combative Controversy on social media, which I've seen, and I, I feel like they kind of did that on purpose, so they can deter people that maybe crossed over to believing to go back to non-believing, right? right? And that—that's my assumption. And then to go back to the whole uh, tic tac video, and um you know how you're saying they're drones and stuff. That I do agree that if we have drones and we have you know reconnaissance drones and we have you know things like that nature that we use in you know military and even for construction purposes and surveying and all that i, I feel that extraterrestrial life would potentially have things like that but you know you, you go deeper into how long we've been seeing you know ufo sightings and hieroglyphics have it from from thousands of years ago right. and we've heard about the An- anunnaki and we see these civilizations that myself and you have discussed on episodes before from Puma Punku to the pyramids of Giza to to Easter Island with the, with the construction there to other parts of the world that have these odd hieroglyphics that we can't make out to season 1 of ancient aliens where the grave diggers or the grave robbers were they found these golden trinkets and they replicated all the trinkets but one came out that was that was aerodynamic and they were able to replicate it and that's the pin that George Tusanacoulos, whatever his name is, you know, I can't pronounce it. It's way too crazy from ancient aliens. He wears that pin religiously on his collar. That's what I'm talking about. There's these little hidden things that in history, something, some superior being with high IQs came to help people or made themselves, their presence known in ancient times. And this has been going on for quite some time and, they came at that time like full-blown like in person so like we don't really know if they're drones
1: but there's been stuff coming here for quite some time no oh, absolutely i agree um and i think in the past in terms of the past what, what we are dealing with is a, is a lost uh a vast amount of knowledge that's lost in in the human history books and maybe not even in the human history books um because If you start digging back and going back to the Graham Hancock stuff, if you watched ancient apocalypse on Netflix, I'm sure everybody kind of has by now. It it was like really buzzing on the internet for a while. Yeah. It was trending for a while. Um, He he's more of the idea that there is a lost advanced technological civilization and that human beings have are much older than far previously acknowledged by mainstream science um, in the in the period where we should have been hunter gatherers, there are monuments that shouldn't exist because we wouldn't have the math to achieve it at that point in time. Uh, for instance, uh, the Pythagorean theorem uh, it, it it existed possibly 10,000 years before Pythagoras, um, and then they're finding that sites might. Uh, we'll go back to uh, to Egypt and touch on the Sphinx for a minute. The Sphinx. We, we already know how old the Great Pyramid of Giza is. It's, it's way back. We're talking about 5,000 years. And they're talking the Sphinx might even be 15,000 years old. Um, right. I remember them saying that the, the head that's
0: on the Sphinx might have not been the original piece on there. Right. And
1: if we go back 15,000 years, mainstream science says modern man was hunter gatherers, we didn't have much technology, we were, you know, making fire and had bows and arrows, there was no propellants of any kind in terms of weaponry, we, we barely had any technology. But yet here these monuments are, and they marvel us today. And I wouldn't say that we couldn't do it today. But we would have some trouble doing it today. That's for sure. Um, you're talking about stones in an, in an excess of, and we covered this on the last episode, of some of them um, 100 tons. And you do the math, two, uh, one ton is 2,000 pounds. So 100 times 2,000. You're talking about moving some weight there for a civilization that doesn't have engines or gas. or uh, These are massive feats. Yeah. I haven't touched on, I haven't done an episode.
0: and I, And I think that when I do in the future, I would have you on. And actually, in person, record with you in person, so that we can actually make it longer than via a phone call. But in in bits and pieces, in certain episodes where I, I touch on UFOs, um, they you know I was going more in depth a couple of for the last couple of weeks watching different things. And when one of the episodes, they were saying that these Egyptians, first of all, they they, they ruled out it being slaves. They actually go more to that it was Egyptian people working in on the pyramids. And they were the ones that were taking the, these, 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 these stones from miles away and essentially using a pulley system to pull these bricks and stones and lug it on the sand. And while they did it, they wet the sand in front of the pole, like as they were pulling it and literally carried it to the construction site. And then that's just part one that's very, very like a crazy feat and then what they would do is they pull it and then they have to go up a ramp. And you're talking like you just said the math the the weight
1: for these stones. That's right. impossible. It's that, impossible. I mean especially my- when you start getting to certain angles of that ramp when you get to the very top of the pyramid you 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 would run out of people to push. There wouldn't be enough hands to be able to get onto that even with a pulley system. Um, so it's definitely it, we'll we'll never really know truly how the pyramids were built. Um, I think that there's a technology at play that we're missing. Like, like There are pyramids all over the world. We're finding hundreds of pyramids in China. There's pyramids all along South America, um, Mexico, obviously, the Aztec and the Mayan civilizations. Um, so all around the world, something collectively was happening at the same time that everyone was building pyramids, and a lot of them within the same dimensions of one another. So there was definitely some kind of communicate some worldwide communication back then. We're talking, yeah, about. they were building these, these hard to build things for, for that time
0: period. And they were all formulated the same way as, as in a pyramid form. Right. And I, you know what, to, just to give you the heads up, and I, I will say this on the podcast. So um, to everybody listening, um, uh, and if you are a real, real, like, um, Follower of the podcast and my IG page, SWAB underscore podcast, which is short for the Say What Again, Billy podcast. I had Joey and Mike, my friend, uh, we went to Van Cortland Park and we did an investigation there. And um, Mike, Joey, does not believe that the pyramids were built by aliens. He believes that they were built, you know, the way I just said. So if I do this episode, I'm going to try my hardest to set it up where we are all three of us in the room, and we're going to have a conversation. And I know for and I, I, I at this point, I'll just be the referee because you guys, you guys are gonna go, <laughs> are gonna go at it because I. He's like, well, you know how how he is with his, his Italian accent. No, he do they bro? They they did it. They put they, <laughs> Egyptians. They pulled. They, it's no such thing as aliens. They didn't do it. Well, that it's that's that's not gonna happen. You guys are gonna go at it because I, I try to explain to them I'm like, how did they get? A hundred to four hundred ton stone from one end of Egypt to the other end, and and, and build three of them, not just 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 right. one, like three. And there's not even, and there's more pyramids in Egypt supposedly. There's not just those three. There's other little mini ones, but they built those three in that particular fashion. I mean, we can't even. There's engineers, top engineers to this day that say that, like you just said,
1: that it would take time. Yeah, there's and- there's. I mean, I I'm 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 inclined to believe professionals, and when there's master masons. Saying that, you know, this is this is almost an impossible feat today. That they could do it, but it would be tough. And even some of the precision cutting that we do today isn't on par with what the Egyptians achieved yeah. back then.
0: So There was math. There's math involved. Like, I was reading, and I, I could be getting this wrong because I watch a lot of stuff. Like, especially in the last month. Like, I have been, my podcast has consumed me, you know, I, I, even though I do an episode one day a week, it, it consumes me at least four, four out of the seven. And I've read something that there are like these really fine two-inch gaps in between each stone, which is very symmetrical, something to the extent of two inches per, 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 per placement. And um, at the time when they were built, they were... In um, some parts were coated in gold or like a white granite or or, or right. sandstone, a white granite casing. Over. Yeah, white granite casing, and of course through the test of time that deteriorated in grave robbers and so on and so forth. But the simple fact that through everything in the the natural climate change in the earth, these things have stood the test of time and are still there, built thousands of years ago. Oh, absolutely! It's it's it is crazy. So I mean, but to get onto you know back on
1: track because we actually didn't fall too far off track we no no like i was gonna, i was going to circle back because it it, it um the, the skepticism that people have about the ancient past is kind of the same way people have skepticism about um ufology and what's going on in the cosmos the average person doesn't really think about so for instance like mike you guys and and I know we probably talked about it in the park at one point we talked about the weight of the stones in the you know at the pyramids of Giza and and throughout throughout the egyptian sites there's there's stones that are just astronomically heavy um if you're not actively thinking about how heavy that is you're not really going to get a grand scale of of what they actually achieved and the same thing with the cosmos if you're not actively thinking about how many stars there are and how many planets there are via those stars you won't really get a grasp of the idea that intelligent life is possible in the universe. And the majority of people don't look up in the night sky. I myself, you know, I I work so much these days. I just had a daughter. And how many times do you really just get to go out at night and just stare at the sky for a little while and see if you see something? The majority of people don't. So I feel... UFOs and strange objects in the sky, they're probably underreported. I feel if more people started to look up at the night sky, we might see a lot of things that we can't explain. I, you know, I, I, I've, I, I'm not that
0: percent of people. I, I find myself at night when I drive home, and you know, I guess COVID kind of made me, me, made me have a newfound feel for nature. As you know, we went on multiple heights, mm. heights uh, during COVID. But I always find myself looking at the sky and just to see if I see something. And, you know, in the last two years, um, not just me, even Amy, my wife, and we saw something on vacation. um, This was it last summer, last summer um, at the beach in Long Beach Island, New Jersey, uh, a triangle object. And this object split three different ways and disappeared. Each each point of this triangle went its own way and disappeared. And not too long ago, I actually, I think I sent you this video. Um, I was in Yonkers, and uh, I, we were on the 87. We're driving back from Stu Leonard's, and uh, I look in the sky, and I saw this black object just hovering there. And I've seen this physically with my eyes. Like, I'm not talking about I had it on my phone, and I'm filming, and I'm looking through my phone. I'm watching with my eyes. And this thing was just hovering there. And then when we got to our destination, it was still there and I'm recording and Amy's yelling at me. Look, look, you're not seeing what it, I know, I'm recording it. And she saw something else as I'm recording what I saw, something else. She caught her eye. And towards the end of the video, there was two objects caught on camera from what I was filming. And, you know, I go and put it on Reddit and what do you think happened? Oh, you filmed a bag, you filmed the
1: bird, you filmed the right, right. dirt now, on the dirt. Honestly, were, they were great videos and and there was definitely not a bag or a bird. You should repost that on your on your Instagram when you get a chance at some point. And, yeah. Put some weight to what we're talking about right I, now. I definitely will. And I'll put a, a detailed caption so people
0: can understand because the people that said it was a bird, I'm like, I was looking with my eyes. Like, that was not a bird. Like, I... I <laughs> You know where I work. I can tell you that I know it wasn't a bird. You know what I mean. And I can tell you right now that was no garbage bag. I don't care about crosswinds. I don't care what a condor can do. Like I could see with my two eyes that this thing was not a bird. And that doesn't explain what I caught towards the end of the video. That shot, like behind the object that I was filming, like there was another object caught on camera, and it was like a silver disc, and it it went across at super crazy speeds and it it appeared higher than you know the initial object or higher than what planes would be at in that area of yonkers so people that look to the sky or people that don't look to the sky should start really trying to pay attention because they're you know not only do you get that appreciation of of nature but you get appreciation of like you might see something and it might make you a believer absolutely so to get into the next thing I, i wanted to ask you um I've been trying to read and catch up with it. Cause this is something that, you know, in the vastness of paranormal, I, this is something that I'm not familiar with. And I wanted to ask you project Bluebeam. Right. They tried to just try for actually for me and for the listeners to break down. Um, Cause I've been reading a lot about it and people seem to think that this is something that's actually happening. I know it came from a French person, right? It was a French guy that brought up the book and, you know, in 95 or 96. And then, like, uh, after he did certain something, he was, like, followed and, and murdered. And I read this, like, brief thing. But maybe you can break it down to to everybody um, in a nutshell to, and, and
1: get your opinion on if this is actually happening. I, I mean, it's quite possible. This goes back to Ronald Reagan and his famous speech about um, aliens and how he thinks that, you know, um, the world would be united under a great threat if someone you know, how our petty differences would, you know, they would fade away and we would have to come together as, you know, a one world, you know, it, was, it, it sounded like a one world government type of speech. Um, but what if uh, there was a certain technology where you could fake an invasion, some type of holographic technology? Now, I don't, I don't want to profess that we have that type of uh, holographic technology. We may or we may not. And then they may want to have Keep it under wraps for for that particular reason, um, but it, it's it's quite possibly true. If we faked it, or if you know government faked an invasion, I think that people would be inclined to uh, to getting together. There there wouldn't there wouldn't be war. There there'd be a lot of different changes in the ideology of how the world governments should be structured, and more nations would probably come on board to. Uh, to accept and appreciate that, um, I'm not a I'm not a believer in a one world government. I don't I don't think it's a good idea. Elon Musk said something really profound the other day about uh, one world governments. He Said uh, it, throughout history, nations have risen and fell, uh, but it was never the doom of mankind because there was another nation behind it somewhere that was prospering while one was falling. Now, if The entirety of the world is on one kind of financial system and we're we're one specific nation, so to speak, vast world, one world government. Everything could crumble at once and the infrastructure of the entire world could could go to hell um, because we're too interconnected, we're too uh, we're too in agreement with one another if that makes sense. He, he's, he's, I'm not doing Elon's speech justice. He spoke a little bit better on it, but yeah, no, in, a nut, framing, in a nutshell, yeah, I, I get the gist. You're in a theory. nutshell, that's what it, yeah. that's what it was. I,
0: I, I agree. I think the only good thing to come with, with a, a one world nation is uh, getting rid of passports. <laughs> that would be, you know, but I, I don't, I, I agree that, you know, in other countries they're not doing well. Like, you know, like there's countries like Venezuela and Cuba that, don't do are not doing well to this day, and 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 you know we're not doing that great either. But you know if if we fell and we were one nation, like you know there's there's no there's no helping you know there's no one to help any anything exactly at that point. So that that wouldn't work. But um with the with some of the stuff I've been reading, um and my friend Charlie actually had mentioned this and that he was he said this a while back, and it kind of I lost it I lost it in my mind until now recently with all this stuff going on that. He says, you know what's going to happen? I heard that the government will fake a UFO, you know, invasion and try to get people to camps. And then that's how they'll control us. They'll scare us with an alien invasion. And that's how they'll control us. And this was, I think, during the COVID time before the whole vaccine mandates and everything like that. And he says, you know, and people will believe that. And that's that's how they're going to that's how they're going to get us. And then, you know, all this stuff started happening the last few days and you know, I, I found it in my memory and I'm like, you know, Charlie did say something like this and he mentioned the the, the name Project Bluebeam or whatever. And and now people believe that, you know, this is the precursor of of that plan to be orchestrated that actually came from like, a, you know, a, a person that's not around them or that kind of spawned in like 95 or 96 from a French man whose name I cannot pronounce and won't even risk trying to do so right now. But you know, people seem to believe that this is the, you know,
1: chapter one of, of Project Bluebeam. It could be. Um, I'm more inclined to believe that extraterrestrials are probably real. And if they have been around for thousands of years and they created those monuments or helped us with the mathematics to create those monuments, sort of our teachers, so to speak, um, it could be that they're they're, they're fathering us. They're ushering us into a, a new era of, uh, of a civilization because there's multiple types of civilizations. I don't know if you've ever heard. Uh, uh, there's a theoretical physicist who likes to talk about type one, type two and type three civilizations. His name is uh, Michiro Kaku. He's a Japanese physicist. Um, and I, I believe <clears throat> we are a type zero civilization right now. A type one civilization is like a space bearing civilization, a civilization that has sort of to a degree conquered their solar system. Um, And it could be that, you know, extraterrestrials are here to help us so that we don't so that we get into that type one civilization, because it's possible we don't get out of the infancy of this type zero civilization. We destroy ourselves and we never progress to, you know, greater civilizations, type one, two and, and obviously three.
0: I do buy that they're, they're here to help us. I mean, that's essentially what the ancient astronaut theorist, uh, you know, thesis comes from is, is them visiting us at, at earlier, much earlier times and, and basically helping with the construction of ancient civilizations, like from from South America to Egypt. And I, I buy into that. And that actually kind of makes sense for other scenarios that happen in regards to UFOs, where. There's been reports of UFOs flying over war zones. And this is recent, you know, flying over war zones. It's been reported that UFOs have been over these active war zones. And one side is fighting the other side and they see this object in the sky and they both sides shoot at it. And it happens to be, let's just use the Ukraine war going on. You know, Ukraine shoots at this thing in the sky and they find out it wasn't the Russians and the Russians are shooting at it on the opposite side. And it wasn't the Ukrainians. And you're like, well, if it wasn't them, like, who was it? Exactly. And this, this goes back into the, the Afghan wars and the Iraqi war. And it also goes back further than that when there has been documented cases, documented, of unidentified flying objects, which at the time they weren't known as UAPs, flying over nuclear launch sites, shutting off the, the systems. Like, they were, these things were flying, spotted on a UAV. And they shut down the the coding system so that it couldn't be launched. And even one story where
1: they actually armed it. Right. And, and, then, and just so your listeners know, these are actually declassified military documents. Like, I, I, I'm familiar with the stories that you're, that you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, no,
0: this is real stuff. This is like, you know, like, I don't have it on hand to, I've mentioned it on episodes. I don't have time to, like, go and research and pull it up. But people can type in unidentified flying object disarms nuclear warhead. And it will pop up and this is all legit stuff like actual stories. And that makes me, you know, wonder why people don't take the time, you know, like you're not going to catch people of Wall Street listening to this podcast, you know, that you you, no. you might catch an average Joe come on here and listen. and But if people would actually take the time to hear these stories and say, you know what? Instead of calling this person a crock of shit, let me take the time to do like 20 minutes of research and look into the story that I just heard. Because it's very easy to hear stories nowadays. Just go on TikTok, and you'll see a 20, uh, 20 second, second, thirty second reel, and then you could take that story and judge for yourself. And if they took the time to go onto Google, and type in the story, you know, fortunately, Google doesn't censor a lot of stuff. It you know, it does, but not all everything. And you will pull up these stories and see for yourself that they are in fact true.
1: Right. And uh, uh, getting back to uh, to Neil, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, He said something in uh, his interview the other day. Um, I I don't want to mess it up, but verbatim, uh, I can't give you. But in a a nutshell, he said, he made it a point to say, like, there's a collective surveillance in the world right now. And it's everyone's cell phones. And it leads him to believe that... it, it leads him to go down the road that is it is less and less likely that we are being visited by extraterrestrials because people could just point their phones at the sky, make a video and it would go viral. And we would know that extraterrestrials are monitoring and visiting us because these, you know, so-called ships probably aren't our technology or these UAPs and UFOs are, are very much different from what we see in the sky with our commercial planes. Um that being said, these videos are out there. All you got to do is take the hashtag UFO and really search through. Obviously, some of them are CGI. Don't get me wrong. You can tell the ones that are CGI from the ones that are okay. This there's something valid. This this video is legitimate, uh, and there's plenty of legitimate ones and that are really hard to explain. And he'll go and and he'll give some kind of. Rough explanation. Oh, that could have been some kind of natural phenomenon or this or that. But that's not science. That's conjecture. That's just him throwing out his belief. But a good majority of people take it as like he's probably right because he's a scientist. No, he's a skeptic uh, and he's a theoretical physicist. He's not a ufologist. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have any expertise in. Um, in flight. I mean, he probably does have some. He, he knows about uh, physics. But in terms of physics of another reality, so to speak, right? Like uh, aliens have different technology than us possibly, right? So the physics don't make sense to him. These things can't make sense to him because they shouldn't exist. Well, of course they shouldn't exist. We haven't invented them yet. So why should they? But Yeah, the, the, the beauty... Of social media
0: is that it's a blessing and a curse, exactly. and I had said fairly recently that you know there was a story that came up in short and sweet that uh, Russians discovered at some kind of uh, site construction site they they uncovered a fallen angel, and um, in an episode I was like guys you have to really understand that TikTok, Instagram, Facebook people use these outlets for clout and they try to make something go viral. And when something goes viral, now the attention's on that profile, and now people are going to be watching that profile, and then they're going to blow up, and they're going to get social media famous. And the thing about social media is, people will post things, whether uh, and and majority of time it's it's fake and CGI stuff. And you know, um, you and myself, we went through a phase in the gym where we were doing these photo wars, <laughs> where it was very easy to to put your face or put my face on something and now we've grown to be better at it and people do the same thing now even better than what we can imagine and all from the phone right and a lot of these videos are doctored and a lot of these videos are in fact there's something going on and that's why i you know it's a good idea that you that you told that you said i should repost that video because it is on my instagram page but i'm going to repost it again gonna cut out the audio because me and my wife were arguing like she kept yelling at me to film this film that <laughs> and um i'll cut the audio out but i'll repost the whole full detail about it and um you know let people know that it wasn't a bird i, I watch, but um there are things on social media you know i at my routine at night is um you know the discovery plus app's been kind of like dry for a while it's, there's nothing new on it um disappointing October and that, not that much came out on it, especially on the travel channel. So I, I really tend to be on my phone, just scrolling through YouTube, going through TikTok. the algorithms produce stuff that I'm interested in. So I, I don't have to really search for things. And I see UFO stuff. I see ghost stuff. I would say 70%, 80% of it is definitely fake. And then the other percent is, is in fact things that are like, that doesn't look like it's fake. It looks right. like it's real. And, and it sets to, to 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 kind of contradict Neil deGrasse. It's there is evidence
1: everywhere. It's just the media how, is very. How quick. does it go viral? Is the question. You know, yeah. that's The media that's is what very quick to, to say him. Like that how, are fake. how would it go viral right away, Neil? If we can't discern reality from fiction, sometimes.
0: Exactly, and, and there's so many people. You know, he he's the scientist and the, the smart guy, and then there's people that are striving to be similar to him so when you do in fact post something that's genuine like right now if a ghost would pop up in my room i would video it and i would send it to my friends first and then i put it on social media what do you think the response would be on social media it would be like this is fake and meanwhile it legitimately happened but i posted the video and it went to social media and and that it gets shot down and hence why all these ufo sightings are not you know they're not viral you know, the only thing that 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 kind of works against and is the whole Bigfoot thing. You know, there's people shooting videos of Bigfoot and and people are wondering, well, well all these videos, they come out blurry and they the news hasn't reported it and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it's kind of hard to defend the whole Bigfoot thing when that's kind of there's a lot of truth to it. But, you know, who knows what the media tends to to not put out or put out. And, you know, you're combating a lot of a, a lot of obstacles when it comes to trying to prove something that astronomical that would make major
1: like major headlines. Right. And there's probably people that want to keep that a secret for a good reason. Um, We, we wouldn't know the reasons, but um, I'm inclined to believe they're, they're keeping it a secret for good reason. I mean, you go back to um, Roswell, for instance, major Jesse Marcel. He took a famous photograph next to uh, the balloon that apparently the weather balloon that crashed. It's always a rather weather balloon, (laughs) by the way. Yeah. It's always a balloon. (laughs) It's always a balloon. But, so Major Jesse Marcel took a picture and he looked very like uh, if you look at the photo he doesn't look too happy about being in the, in the photograph and he's holding it up and this was apparently the wreckage that they found in Roswell that day um, but now years later the story thickens the plot thickens we find out that uh, people like even Albert Einstein uh, were were shipped over to Roswell New Mexico to look at the wreckage and discern what it was uh, if you knew it was a balloon, you would have said it was a balloon. Um, right away, they had to do the, the biggest retraction in newspaper history. Uh, yeah, it, and... it took like a day or two for them to do that. Exactly. So first you said it was a UFO, and then you just you took it back and said, no, it wasn't a UFO, it was a weather balloon. So you couldn't, deter- you couldn't de- like discern for us that it was a weather balloon the first time around? One of the very first reports of the men in black, too. You visited the
0: farmer that this happened near his property or on his property. Right. Uh, and, told him, and told him, do not talk about this. It, is, it was a weather balloon. And do not talk about anything that you saw.
1: And Major Jesse Marcel, rest in peace, he uh, passed away uh, not too long ago. Um, he recently acknowledged on his deathbed that that was not the wreckage that they found in Roswell. Uh, he even took some of the wreckage home. His son and his wife even attest to the FOIL that they took home that you'd crumble it and you'd put it on the table and it would unravel itself to being a straight piece of foil. Again, this very lightweight material. Um, and nothing that we have in our technology today, no weather balloon has ever, to my knowledge, you've been able to crumble it up. And then once you let it go, it takes its original form again.
0: Joe, we haven't even uncovered what they shot down. That's true. Like we're going on days later. I said this yesterday, days later, we sh- we spent, we shot, what, four objects out of the sky, right? Something to that extent, it was four of them. Exactly. Got two in Canada, one in Arizona, so maybe three objects. And each missile was projected at a price of $500,000. And one missed completely. And they shot it down. You're telling me that you just spent millions of dollars to shoot balloons out of the sky, and you're not going into the water of in Alaska to pull out what it was? You're not going into the grounds, of the snow of Canada, to see what it was. So you mean to tell me that if this was China or this was Russia, you don't want to know what they were doing over our, our over our airspace, over or our, over United States, over Canada. So you wouldn't even go down for that. And then if it was extraterrestrial, you're not going to tell anyone what you found. So like, there's two sides of this: military side, extraterrestrial side. If it was something of a foreign nation over our skies, the the American people should know. What was that, and what were they trying to gather? What information? But yet we shot down these things, spent millions of dollars, and we don't have the wreckage. And I read a report this today, actually, that the White House believes that we're not gonna, they're not gonna be able to find or 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 um, tell people what it was. So mm. that should just go right there and tell. So tell now,
1: you. now that that whole, I mean. That statement right there kind of nullifies them saying that it's it's a uh, commercial or a, uh, a a commercial balloon or or uh, what did you, I forgot the type of balloon you said the uh, the the car salesman lot balloons yeah it, it throws that theory right out the window
0: yeah they contradict they've been, they've been doing this dude for years contradicting things they said so if they're going to report this that as it was car dealership you know used car car dealership balloons you mean to tell me. What you're essentially saying is you, you spent
1: $500,000 missiles uh, and shot car dealership balloons out of the sky? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And also, pilots have to have a confirmation on what they believe the object is before they're allowed to take a shot. They request permission for the shot, and then it's granted. Um, I, I I wouldn't be inclined to believe the pilot's like, it's a balloon, or or he's, he's not going to be able to discern a balloon from an actual threat. Uh, and And, like you said, the first missile missed. So for me, that sounds like did the object evade the missile? And right. you had to you had to come back around for another shot the TikTok the tick-tack
0: interview was was I, and I watched this not on Joe Rogan. I watched it on YouTube. There was two pilots, two 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 uh, uh, f sixteens. And one of them was circling around trying to get. A, a you know perimeter visual as one other one engaged close, you know, close quarter, close combat. And the one that was engaging closely with the, the with the tic-tac said that it was underwater. It it went from 60,000 feet to tent to, to the water level and dropped under the water. He lost it, followed over the water where it went, soared under the water. The water was boiling, it shot back up, it disappeared. He circled around a couple of times, it reappeared. That that's crazy technology exactly. for these things to fly in. And it like you sound just like said, yeah, they, the first missile was launched at this thing and it, and it missed. Now, one of the reports, I forget where it's from, if it was whether the Canada one or the Alaska one, one was recorded uh, reported as a octagonal shaped size of a car. And the yes. audio from the cockpit of one of the F-16s that was out on shooting this thing down said that it was like a small container. But the pilot also sounded... Like you know, kind of like bamboozled. Like he didn't really understand what it was. He described it as like a container, metal with strings, and didn't re- like didn't really give us a kind no, of...
1: I believe they also said that it was um, it was stationary. Now, for an object to be stationary at an altitude that high, I mean helicopters can be stationary to a degree, right? There's wind variation. The helicopter is going to be moving a little bit back and forth. There has to be an immense amount of energy and it's, it's no technology we have for an object to be stationary in the sky, not moving. Exactly. Especially if not even, especially
0: if it was a balloon, especially if it was, we all, we've all been there as kids where our balloons from birthday parties broke free as we try to take it home. And we watched it fly into the sky and constantly move until it was out of sight. And that's no different from a balloon that's uh, that's using, you know, a denser helium or or being, you know, pulsated by fumes or whatever have you. Right. It, balloons will not stay in the air stationary. It's just like scientifically impossible.
1: I, I really wish God, people like Neil deGrasse Tyson would, would take the time to talk about the details of the sighting so that they can discern them and then give their uh, their credited opinion on what they believe took place. But they never do that because then it becomes really difficult to build your argument around things that shouldn't have happened. I like, feel the government and in certain parts of media rely on people like him
0: that kind of fall to one side without saying it, but they fall to one side and they rely on these people to, to stand the ground on certain things. You know, I would love to see you know, Billy Carlson or Jeremy Corbell, you know, debate Neil deGrasse and, and, and just, I would pay money to see that, you know, to see them go at it and and go toe to toe on information because that'd be very interesting to see how they would talk about this, you know, phenomenon. Right. But who knows if that would
1: actually happen? I I doubt it. Uh, He's, it's the same reason. Well, he he doesn't want to debate flat earthers i i'll give it to him there he, there's no sense in debating that one he can he can really probably like try to he can really rip them with some really good detailed science about why the earth is round and why it's not flat um but he he'll use that same excuse on why he doesn't want to engage in those kind of debates uh he's, I think he said it once too it's the same reason why he doesn't discuss Flat Earth is the, the same reason why he doesn't discuss UFOs uh, mainly because there's no like real credible evidence uh, but that's actually not true in, in regards to UFOs there's plenty of evidence it's just that he never or never tries to do a deep dive into the evidence.
0: There's a lot of evidence. we just went
1: through the countless videos and oh yeah and, and I, I, not, think, and just... I think the fact that the object is stationary is the biggest is the biggest piece of evidence evidence. right now Uh, because nothing that we have can be stationary in the sky, not, not for a long period of time. I know.
0: And there's, and there's other documented cases. And I spoke about this on the chemical warfare episode I just did that, you know, and I, I I mentioned these, the um, Travis Walton, that, that was in detail Um, the interviews and everything that happened to him and Betty and Barney Hill that an actual psychologist took the time to analyze them and, and through further review, came up with the conclusion that they were, in fact, not lying about their their what happened to them. And, you know, there's besides from those two, like to the actual videos and photos and everything that's been going on for, for centuries now, it, it, it's just tons of evidence. It's just it, it's crazy for a man of his caliber to refuse to see how much there actually is. You know, if he took the time to actually go through that stuff, as much as he takes the time to study a black hole, you know, there'd be a
1: different stance, in my opinion, from from him. Well, it's and he could also be part of a disinformation campaign. He's he may be already in the know about this situation and people in government or, you know, big interest government relies on, on, like you said, relies on people like him to, uh, to, to put out some disinformation, to, to get people back on the skeptical side. And, and like we talked about before, the majority of people already are skeptical because they don't think about the cosmos on a daily basis. It doesn't run through their mind. It doesn't keep them up at night that, you know, we, we live in a vast galaxy or we live in a vast universe and there's billions of galaxies. And within each of those galaxies are billions of stars and hundreds of billions of planets. So there, there really is an infinite of number. Like we can't even put a, a number figure on how many planets there are in the entire universe. In, infinite. It literally it, it, comes down to infinite. Yeah. Because there, there's just no way to be able to count them. We, we're still counting the planets or we're still counting the stars rather within our own Milky Way galaxy. Uh, that's not how many galaxies are there? We're talking, they've, they've postulated there might be billions of galaxies. You know, we, we've only seen a certain number of them. I think it's, we're probably in the, in the hundreds of thousands, but it's, it's endless, you know? Yeah. And just hundreds of
0: thousands is, is, is an infamitable like number just to comprehend that alone. Right. You know, but Joey, I'm going to, we're going to have to wrap up things now. We've actually been talking for almost an hour, 54 minutes now. But um, before I formally thank you, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. And I also like to thank the Anchor app, Anchor by Spotify is the free app that allows you to get your podcasting ideas out there, and it's completely free, giving you all the tools and tricks that you need to formulate your own podcast and put it out there on outlets like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other outlets. So if you have a podcasting idea and you want to put it out there, Anchor is the way to go. i like to thank all my listeners again for tuning in. If you want to follow me on Instagram, SWAB underscore podcast, which is short for the Say What Again Billy podcast, Joey, thank you for coming on, man. We got to do this again. We can't let two seasons go by before you come back on, dude.
1: Oh, for sure. Billy, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure.
0: I'll let you know when this this episode drops, dude, so you can hear how horrible I sound and uh, you can enjoy your night. Give your daughter a kiss for me and say hello to everybody.
1: Will do. Thanks, pal. Likewise. All right, buddy. Later.